Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business, and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. And me thinking like, it's fucking nine o'clock at night. What the fuck is Master Chief doing here? And God, can I walk straight? Like, just fucking walk straight. And why are we going to talk to the skipper? Like this? Like, does he know I'm fucking drunk? Like, all these things are, like, playing out in my mind as he's taking me from downstairs to upstairs. And maintainers don't go upstairs unless we're in trouble. Hey, guys, it's Donnie here. And I just want to let you know that we've recently launched a content development company. And this company helps people get social content. You know you need to put out a lot of content nowadays to get engagement out there in all your social platforms. But we've come up with a really cool way to help you get videos, blog posts, memes, social posters, and infographics for you know, whatever social site you need. So check us out at successchamps.us and learn more about how you can get social content for your social media. Support for this podcast comes from Point Blank Safety Services and Blue Family Fund. Point Blank Safety Services does safety differently. We know everyone is on a journey and we want to make sure you get where you're going safely. Professional, trained, ready. There's really no comparison. Here's why hiring Point Blank Safety for your next project will make all the difference and save you huge amounts of stress and hassle. Point Blank Safety Services provides certified, uniformed police officers for a full suite of armed guard services. Don't leave the safety of your project to chance. If you're ready to make sure safety truly comes first for your next project, then visit us at pointblanksafety.com. You're listening to Donnie Success Champions, where I believe Everybody is on a journey. Life is all about the stories you can tell and teach later. You're going to hear the stories of people who have overcome hardships, failures, and life to find success along their journey. Alright guys, this is going to be a fun episode. I'm bringing on another one of my veteran buddies, Terry Maynard, and we've already been joking the entire time for the good on, so I'm sure there's going to be some laughs. He also gave me a challenge, guys. If I can actually make him cry on the show, that he'll send me one of his prize coins that he loves, and you'll hear more about that as we go later on. I'm your host, Donnie Bovine. This is Donnie Success Champions. Terry, welcome to the show, my friend. Please tell us your story. Hey, thanks for having me, Donnie. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, it, I mean, if you can make me cry, that Playboy bunny up there, that's all yours. <laughs> I mean, easy day. My wife hates it anyway. So <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So you've been through some pretty cool things throughout your life and done some, some pretty cool things. I mean, it was just the Navy. I, was, I won't hold that against you too much. I mean, at least thank you for serving, even if it was the Navy. But walk us through a little bit. Some of the things that you've done, some of the things you've done over your ride. I know you recently retired and things along those lines. So walk us through a little bit 
I joined the Navy straight out of high school. One of those cats that were just, I didn't really have anything else to do. We were a family that lived on a farm in California. So my dad was a, a diesel mechanic on the ranch. And it was either keep hoeing weeds, which is what he made me do in the summer, or find something really cool to do. And so it was right outside of Lemoore, California. And Lemoore, for everybody who doesn't know, is a huge Navy town. So it was, I just joined the service so that I could work on planes at home. And so they stuck me in as an aircraft electrician's mate. I tried to become a corpsman, which is, you know, a doc for, uh, for everybody else. And I cut too high of a test on the, on the ASVAB. They're like, look, you know, you're too smart to fix people, but you're just smart enough to fix planes. So, when uh, when I came back and I told everybody, I was like, hey, they're going to make me an aircraft electrician. So in the Navy, right, you have to be – you only have to cut like a like a 44 to be a corpsman, right? But you got to cut like a 70 or above to be an AE. So there's less people that, that cut high to work on planes, right? So when I'm telling everybody this at home, like I'm going to be an electrician, my dad, my brother, everyone, they're like, like – like you're borderline retarded. There's no way that you're gonna fix planes. Uh, like we were worried about you sticking people with a needle. <laughs> hell, you know you're gonna like. Is the plane gonna pull over in the in the middle of its flight and be like, hey man, we gotta change this tire. Terry screwed this shit up. Like that shit just doesn't happen. <laughs> they made a mistake, you know. And so like like the whole. I don't know, nine months from the time that I, I depped into the service to the time I actually left for the service. Oh, man, the whole time they're just ragging me out. Like, oh, I'm sure. It sounds like your family is very similar to mine. Oh, man. <laughs> and my dad's a mechanic. So growing up, like, I would ask him questions. Be like, all right, hey, so you're cleaning out this carburetor. I'm like, well, why are you cleaning it out? And he's like, well, it's dirty. I'm like, well, why is it dirty? He's like, well, shit got in it. Like, like are you stupid? Like, shit got in it. It's, it's dirty. I'm like, whoa. Why'd shit get in it? And it would be like the third why before he would throw a tool at me. And well, like, I'm sure he's like, Terry, just go change out the freaking blinker fluid for me, all right? Yeah, right. <laughs> no shit. Like, go find this. Or, hey, there, there's this old car down the road, and here's the screwdriver. Go take every fucking screw out of it. That's all I need to do. <laughs> you know, and I'd be gone for hours, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Look what I found. I actually got all the screws. <laughs> right? So, uh, that was the direction that we went until I joined the service. Like, that's that was it for mechanical stuff. I could take shit apart. I could break it. Right, um, right, right. But I had never, ever attempted to put anything back together. And so I joined the Navy. I was an electrician. <laughs> I finished second to top of my class. And the first person picked orders to go to Lemoore. And the next person was me. And I was like, oh, there's another set of orders. I'm going to Lemoore. Lemoore, California was okay. where I'm from. All right. So that's what I was trying to do. I was just trying to get back to Lemoore and be around my family. And they're like, like now there's this orders to, to Brunswick and you need to go to Brunswick. Like you're a good fit. You're going to go to Brunswick. And I'm like, look, you, you told me we get to pick by how we did in class. Like I studied hard. I did a good job. I'm only a little bit of a shit bag. Like I get to go to Brunswick or to, to Lemoore. And he's like, no, no, no. Maynard, yep, you're going to Brunswick. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why the hell did I try so hard? <laughs> yeah, like, like I could have fucking gone to Brunswick if I'd have been last in the class. Like, what the fuck is up with this shit? Um, <laughs> and so I get to Brunswick, and it is the greatest place on the fucking planet besides the fact that it's Maine. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so it's 
there's like two things you can do there. You can drink, but I'm only 17. Nice. At the time. Or you can like, like whore around because that's it. You're in Brunswick, Maine. Oh, so that's like Jacksonville, North Carolina. I mean, that's where I ended up, you know, same thing, signed the Marine Corps. I'm going to travel the world, see everything, as long as it's in North Carolina. <laughs> right, 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 right. Ah, like, I played pool, and, like, the, the shining point of all of this was, like, man, this is badass. There's Brunswick pool tables. I'm going to Brunswick, Maine. Maybe I can meet the guy who fucking makes these damn pool tables. And then I get up there, and they don't even fucking make fucking Brunswick pool tables in Brunswick, Maine. Uh, there's just nothing I'm like fuck there's cold there's that it's balls cold bro it's so fucking cold that when you cut your hand it doesn't bleed until you come back inside (laughs) like I have never been so fucking cold in my life (laughs) oh wow we go up there It, it is a fucking blast I don't know how it is in the Marine Corps, but looking back in the Navy and talking to other people, it's always like that first tour is like that it's either the worst thing on the planet or it is, oh, my God, this is heaven. Why the fuck am I ever leaving this place? Oh, see, see, I was uh, this was the worst thing in the world. I mean, I only did four years and got the hell out, but it was bouts of sobriety mixed with fights and and people yelling and telling me where to be for four freaking years i mean you know that that was i was not the guy that could figure out how to shut my mouth and keep my head down nah dude i had to be up in the freaking middle of it all and you know i mean to give you an idea i got to e4 okay here's how i got picked up pinned on corporal a staff sergeant who was just off the drill field. I mean, this dude fucking hated me, hated me, hated me, hated me. He walked up to me, threw a set of chevrons at me, and said, you're now a fucking corporal. No ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> and then they tried to tell me to command my drinking buddies. Yeah, it didn't go well. <laughs> oh, man. So. Now, we – uh <sighs> We had, like, the best group of people in Brunswick with us. So, like, in the Navy, you have your rate, right? So I'm an AE, and so you're in your shop as an AE. And those, that core group of people that I had when I was an airman in E3 and E4, like, fuck, we're still lifelong friends. Most of those guys were groomsmen at my fucking wedding and my next tour. And, fuck, over half of them were at my retirement, you know, six months ago. It's just such a, it was just a cool core group of guys. And they really made the Arctic tundra of just (laughs) shit that is Brunswick fun and enjoyable. I mean, we did stupid shit. We fucking drove to Portland and, and did crazy, just dumb shit. But we were always together. Nobody ever really did anything to the point where we were going to go to jail. I mean, for my 21st birthday when we were there, they fired up like 26 shots of alcohol, two big-ass pitchers of beer. But 
the important thing was everybody made me drink this strawberry daiquiri at the beginning of the night because that was the first thing I was going to taste, and everyone wanted to make sure that was the last thing I was going to taste at the night. <laughs> so when you paint the bathroom red later. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It was the Corolla. <laughs> As we rolled through the gates. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, like, why'd you wake me up? You should just give him my ID. Yeah. <laughs> so Franzik was... Oh, it was shitty, but the people were so great that it was it was awesome. Man, yeah, Brunswick was a good time. We went on deployments there. We had people get robbed, go to Amsterdam, get fucking totally robbed and rolled, all their shit stolen. Man, looking back on it, that was like just the way to fucking go. Just a dumbass airmen getting fucking trashed and having a good time. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, you know, you did what, full 20? I did 21. What, 20 wasn't good enough? You wanted to get that one for going <sighs> to fuck up? or? So uh, to be completely honest, I would have stayed more. My wife's father got diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, and we got out for that. We were going to stay as long as we could because, I mean, let's, let's face it, a senior chief, you know, I'm, I'm making eight grand a month. My job ain't eight grand hard. Right. Uh, it's come and go, not as you please, but there's, you know, four people on the command that are really going to give you shit if you're not at work. And it's really up to your own integrity of how much you're going to put effort in. Now, me personally, I'm at work eight to 10 hours a day, regardless, you know, because you're working with the sailors and trying to make them better and make that impact. And I enjoyed it. Like, I really, truly enjoyed it. But we have a, a flourishing business. And when we stood back and looked at it, you know, if if we were staying in, it was it was ego. It wasn't anything else. You know, I'm not going to make more money for my retirement that's going to justify not giving the kids time with their grandparents. Right. You know, so, yeah, we were going to stay another another three, four, five years. I didn't have to get out till 26, and then they just changed it so I didn't have to get out to 28. Nice. So where'd you guys end up? I mean, where, where's home? So now we're in Crozet, Virginia. Okay. And that's where her dad is as well? Yeah. So her dad's in Charlottesville. So it's right up the road about 20 minutes. Okay. Okay. How cool is it that you've been able to do a ride of, you know, give our country 21 years and be able to give an opportunity for your kids to spend some quality time because, you know, not a lot of people can pull that off. I mean, if you wouldn't have joined the, the Navy, you think this scenario would have played out the same way? So, no. <laughs> like we joked about it before. So we have two distinct families in our line right here. So my wife's family is the Brady Bunch. I love them to death, but every one of them could be a member on the Brady Bunch TV show. They are <laughs> near perfect. I mean, they have China. <laughs> China. <laughs> so when, when you, I love that that's your definition of perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So when people come over, like, oh, do we use the good dishes or the regular dishes? Like, <laughs> I didn't grow up with regular dishes. It was like, hey, just grab the mix match crap and let's get this thing rolling. Right. Like, like, that was life, you know, whereas on, on my family, I love my family. There's nothing wrong with my family, but we are not the Brady Bunch. And I still have all my teeth. And had I joined the Navy, I would not have all my teeth. I would be skinny. Don't get me wrong. 
Fresno is the meth capital of the world, and I'd be a skinny motherfucker. (laughs) That would be the direction my life would have taken. Most of my cousins and family have gone down that road. You know, most of my family on that side of the fence has spent time in jail for something. So, yeah, the Navy has absolutely given me a, a way to not only better myself, but also provide, you know, some sort of legacy from my family to, to move forward. Uh, and for that, I'll, I'll be internally grateful. What was that day like when you're 21, you're in formation to hand you your orders and you realize that this chapter of your life is over and it's now to create that second level. What was that day like? Oh man. <laughs> It was ridiculous. We did it on Memorial Day. Is it Memorial Day? Labor Day. May 25th. I don't remember which weekend it is. It's one of those two. (laughs) And so before I went up there to do my speech, you know, for retirement, my buddy's like, he's my master, not my master of ceremonies, my guest speaker, been my friend forever. He's like, look, when you get up there and talk, you need to look at Ashley first and tell her thank you. Because if not, you're gonna look at everybody else and be like, blah, 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 all right, I'm good, I'm out. And you're never gonna thank your wife. So you need to make damn sure you thank her first, um, or she's gonna beat your ass when you get home. Right. So I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. So I, I thank her, and then I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking, and I didn't write anything down, I was just kinda off the cuff, and we we're just rocking. And I'm like, you know, I'm really gonna miss the fact that, you know, the Navy's like, I mean, it's really like having a second wife because when you get mad at the first one, you just go spend more time with the second one. (laughs) And I look around and like all the guys are like, yeah, that's, that is exactly what the fuck happens. And all the wives are like, did you really just fucking say that? And I look over at Phil and he's like, fucking Terry, man. Like you can't say that shit. And then I look up at Ashley and she's like, you're an asshole. <laughs> I'm like, like, fuck, I don't have another wife to spend time with anymore. <laughs> oh, that's got to be one of the best retirement speeches I've, I've heard. I've heard. Oh, bro. Yeah. Way, way to nail that one and way to do such a bad job that nobody else can get beyond that, I don't think. I no, mean. no. And it's, I mean, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> but it, I, it, I, I think it was probably the crown of explaining your Navy experience, right? You know, you went in being you, you came out a better version of you, you know, through the process. And if you wouldn't have done something, because that's, you know, I didn't get the whole retirement ceremony. I got, got, by, you know, <laughs> that was when, when I got out, you know, so, but, uh, uh, Good on you for for going out Terry style. You know, that's a cool way to 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 get out. There. <sighs> that is one way to say it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I mean, I get it, dude. I I get in 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 certain circles. I get introduced to like this. It's like, hey, before you meet Donnie, let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> right? So so I get it, right? So. When did you start your your company that you're doing now? Um, so we started it well, – there's, there's really two ways to look at it, right? So we started our company uh, officially in October of 2016, right? But we did it, like, unofficially about a year before that. So – a year before that, I was making challenge coins just one at a time, and I was selling them on the pages, 
and I was just kind of, I'd sell a coin, make 2K, and take my family to Disney for the month. You know, I mean, living in Jacksonville, Orlando's only a three-hour trek, and, you know, we would go to Disney once a month, every month, you know, for the year. And then the next year, we did the same thing. And it was the best way to try and kind of reconnect as a family. We came from BQ3, which is a kind of a landlocked base. It's Takamo. And so it's it's a place where you don't deploy. You don't go anywhere crazy. You're not leaving your family for any long periods of time. But I couldn't tell you on Friday if I was going to work Saturday and Sunday. And for me, I, I was still working 12 to 14 hours a day. And there were days that when I was running nights that I would, as a chief, I would high five the duty section Saturday morning routinely, you know? So it was not a place that we could have a life as a family. We just, we couldn't. Ashley was doing everything on her own, being mom, being dad, doing all of the homework. And all I was really doing was work, you know? And it really wasn't, you know, fair. Yeah. I got to tell you, the spouses of military guys especially the ones that have the balls to stick the whole ride through with them are badasses. My sister-in-law did 24 years with my brother and he was in the right service, the Marine Corps and did almost all 24 years with him. Dude, that gal needs a fucking medal. You know, and what she said for her is when he was here, she loved him. When he was away, she loved him. But when he was away and came back home, she had to retrain him again every fucking time, you know, because she took over the bills, the house, the, you know, the maintenance, the, the everything. And when he'd come back, he'd want those roles and would disrupt her processes. It's true. And it sucks, you know, because, you know, most of us who spend a long time in the service, we we're not we're not a little bitch. Like, we don't want to just hand stuff off. We want to be in control. Right. You know? We've been in the service for so long that we're not like a like a youngster. We're not, you know, some young kid who's used to having everything else done for him. You know, we don't want to hand things over. You know, we want to drive the bus. And so giving that control over to somebody else is is really hard. And then when you're gone, you don't have a choice. Like you just you you kind of have to just give it up and accept it and then force everything to a smaller portion in your mind and, and move with the mission in hand and focus. And it makes our job easier when we're away because I don't have to worry about what's going on at home because Ashley's amazing and she can, she handles the shit when I'm not there. But then when I come home, it's like, like, Hey, you were great, but it's, it's my turn again, you know, get to the back of the bus, you know, and it's, it's not the right thing to do, but it's, it's kind of the attitude that most of us have. And I think that's where a lot of the stress and the, the relationship rifts come from is trying to reestablish, you know, those roles when we come back in. And I think that's why a lot of the military services have all those classes and stuff for, you know, reintroducing roles or whatever they call them when they, when they come back. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know those classes would exist, but I'm glad they do because, wow. I got to, my brother and I were stationed pretty close. I was in Jacksonville, North Carolina. He was in Buford, South Carolina. So for, you know, 96 or four-day weekends, I'd always go down to his place because only a five-hour drive. And, you know, I got to experience their young years of their marriage together, and I still bust their chops about it. I mean, dude, they were not the Brady Bunch, man. They were at each other's throats, and, you know, and it was, but it was, it was that, constant they were growing up together you know trying to, to figure out their way in life and it was wild so so props so 
Now you're doing this challenge coin thing for my people who don't know. They're non-military. What the hell is a challenge coin? So it's kind of like a, I mean, it's, it's basically like a token, right? So think of it as like a, like an attaboy in metal, like this, like you did this badass job and we want to show your appreciation, but I'm not just going to like shake your hand and be like, yo, that's pimp. We want to give you something cool that you can remember, remember us by kind of thing. And essentially that's what a challenge coin is. Now, over the years, they've been really dumbed down and they've just been kind of like paperweights is what they've kind of transpired to. You know, everyone and their mom has these very simple, just round quarters as challenge coins. And so what we have done is we have, you know, kind of stopped that evolution of dumbing down this, this token of appreciation and made it into something where it's more of an emotional connection. Like I want you, when I give you my challenge coin to know why I made it the way I did and what it means to me, because then you understand why I gave it to you. You know, and then every time you look at it, you're like, fuck, not only is this dude who made this a bad motherfucker, he thinks I'm a bad motherfucker too, or he wouldn't have given me this piece of shit. This is badass. You know, that's what we try and do. So like for my retirement, my retirement challenge coin is not like most people's coin on one side of it. It is, it's me, right? It's got the AE wings. It's got a skull behind the wings. It says, you know, AECS Terry Maynard, my dates of service. It says, if you want to make a difference in life, listen, lead, and show up. That's all you got to do. And then it's got a little joke about other rates. It says 110 plus 110 equals 220, which in the Navy, it's just codes and, and crap, basically saying that mechanics are stupid and AEs are smart. (laughs) <laughs> really the way it works out. So, but, and if you know me, it makes perfect sense. You're like, wow, like you put that shit on a coin. That's fucking crazy. So, but on the back side of the coin is where it actually ties everything together. So my dad passed on my third deployment in the Navy and I was in Sicily and already kind of hit off that when you're in Brunswick, you just drink a lot. Like yeah. that's all you fucking do. So, We were in Sicily and I was, to say I was housed is an understatement. We went through three pitchers of margaritas when the sun came up. And when we made margaritas then, it was tequila, triple second Everclear. And I don't really remember too much about the day. I remember being drunk at work, sitting on the couch and having our maintenance master chief, which is the second most senior enlisted person in the command, come into work and and get me. And me thinking like, it's fucking nine o'clock at night. What the fuck is Master Chief doing here? And God, can I walk straight? Like, just fucking walk straight. And why are you going to talk to the skipper? Like this? Like, does he know I'm fucking drunk? Like, all these things are like playing out in my mind as he's taking me from downstairs to upstairs. And maintainers don't go upstairs unless we're in trouble. So what the fuck is going on? Which one of these assholes ratted me out that I'm still drunk? Like, all these things are playing in my mind as I'm going upstairs. And so we get to the skipper's office and the, the skipper's like, hey, do you know why I'm here? And the first thing out of in, in my mind is like, I'm not telling you I'm drunk. Like, I've played this game before. I'm not telling you a goddamn thing. I'm like, no, sir. I, I'm not sure why why you have me here in the office. Doesn't, doesn't, uh, I don't have anything going on, sir. What's up? And he's like, okay, you know, it didn't really seem like you understood why we were here. 
And I'm like, I am fucked. This dude is crucify me. And then he hands me a Red Cross message saying that my father had passed. And I'm, I'm reading it and I'm looking at him and I'm reading it. And I'm like, is this a fucking joke? Like, this shit doesn't fucking happen. What the fuck is going on? So my dad's young. You know, he's 42. Like, this doesn't fucking make any sense. Okay. Um, I'm like, well, I, I don't really know what to do. I don't know what the next step's here. I'm just third class. I've only been in the Navy three years. And my chief's like, okay, so Petty Officer Maynard, we're going to, you know, we'll get you set up. We'll get you everything taken care of to get you back stateside. You know, in the next couple of days, you'll go home, get a hold of your mom. You know, she, she can't get a hold of you. Give her a call. And I'm like, like, okay, you know, I'll give her a call and, you know, we'll work it out. So that all transpired in like 35 minutes, right? And so from the squadron to the barracks in Sicily is about a 10-minute walk. And while that was going on, my division chief and my LPO, my E6, they had been walking up and down the barracks passing the hat around. And they had raised like five grand for me to give to my mom so that when I got home, I could give her all this, all this money. I mean, we're poor. You know, we lived in a trailer on the farm. My dad was a mechanic. It was amazing. And so the back of my challenge coin is a 3D image of my dad. Mm-hmm. And it has his name and it says, my dad didn't teach me how to, didn't teach me how to live. He just lived and let me watch him do it. And so for me, like that is what a challenge coin is supposed to be. You're supposed to be able to, you know, tell somebody, like about your coin, give them that coin and then watch them understand like a true meaning behind your coin. So when we work with people, you know, that's what we do. You know, people may give us a design and we're like, like, oh, that's, (laughs) yeah, man, we're not doing that shit. Let's sit down and talk and let's figure out what we really need to put on your coin to make it something that actually means something to you, not just something that we can, you know, rock out in five minutes and move on. You know, what's cool about that is, man, is every time you hand somebody a coin, your coin, it's you're damn near giving a piece of your heart saying, hey, this is my story. This is my journey. This is how I got here. I respect you that fucking much that, you know, I'm giving you a piece of me. That's dude, that's a gut punch, you know, to to put that out there. A little bit. Yeah. Do I get something I make you cry? Oh, no, you won't. <laughs> Damn it, I'm going to get my freaking coin. <laughs> Fucker threw humor at me. I can't get it all the way. So, But, no, dude, that's really, really freaking cool. I mean, I never did the challenge coin thing when I was in. I didn't even hear about challenge coins. It really wasn't until I was out of the Marine Corps and that this challenge coin popped up and the way I was introduced to it was, you know, somebody walked up to the bar, they threw down their challenge coin. If you didn't have one, you bought drinks, right? So that's right. all I knew about. It. So I didn't think about it until three, maybe four years ago. I was a part of a group that launched this big nonprofit in our hometown of Fort Worth, Texas called the Cowtown Warriors Ball. And they were looking for a speaker for the event and I had connections to General Pittman. If you want to read about one of the most American badasses. Two seconds. General Pittman in 1971 in New Orleans, there was a sniper on a building. He wasn't a general at the time, of course, but he commandeered a civilian helicopter and flew the snipers up onto this freaking helicopter so they could shoot out and kill this freaking sniper up on top of this building. He didn't ask. He didn't anything. He stole a helicopter (laughs) and put snipers in it. 
and it flew up like three or four times when this guy was in on top of the building kicking open a maintenance door and shooting at the helicopter while the um, the, the service you know snipers were shooting back at him and he did that like four or five times I mean, this guy's fucking ridiculous right so I had a connection to him, and he came and was our speaker at this event, General Pittman. And he amazing, amazing, amazing job. Since I, you know, helped get him to the event, the night he's after the event and he's leaving, he reaches out and, and shakes my hand, and that's when I felt this big ass freaking coin in my pocket or in my, in my hand. And I look, and he said, you know, I'm really thankful that you helped me get this opportunity. And you look down and had, of course, it was General Pittman on one side, had two stars on the other side. And I still have that coin. Now, this event had coins made as well, okay? Right. They had no emotional connection for me whatsoever. They were just the coins of the event. Right. But freaking General Pittman's, you know, saying thank you, that coin meant a freaking ton. And it was just really, really, really cool to know that that was his way. And it was the first time I kind of understood what these challenge coins really, really, really are. So I really appreciate the fact that you've put a little heart and soul, if you will, in putting these things together, I wish you could have found a better business partner because I've, you know, talked to Chuck and, you know, <laughs> you know it's Chuck. I mean, so in, in that respect, that's why Chuck designed shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, you're welcome. I can't wait to listen to this episode. <laughs> so now you guys are, you know, producing challenge coins for companies and, and, and helping them put really motion behind their brand, their image, their everything else. But I can't imagine that many companies are raising their hands and going, hey, I need a challenge coin. You know, so how are you building a successful business out of all this? So it's – well, I mean, it, we don't just market to companies. I mean, we market to Navy commands and Navy people, as well as Army and Marine and, and Air Force. Why don't you say the Marines first? I'm, I'm a little confused by that. You should have said Marine, commands, and then Navy. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that they're, they're not the best units because I, I just don't think they are. Uh, but I really don't want you to disconnect me again. You know? <laughs> I only have so many crayons I could send you in a day. Hey, the purple ones are my favorite. They they come off a little grape flavored, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure we get you some scratch and sniff. <laughs> I want the box with the sharpener, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, the other side of it is we have a full retail store, and that is what really sets us apart from most Challenge Coin companies. Most Challenge Coin companies and most custom companies in general, they're always fighting for that lead generation. They, they constantly had to get another customer every day in order to keep their doors open. We have a full retail store that runs semi-custom products. And because of that, I mean, that's a huge aspect of our business model. So I don't have to worry about every single day getting a brand new custom item because every single day, you know, we have traffic that runs through to buy our custom, our semi-custom stuff. It's there. It's easy. It's And when you say semi-custom, what do you mean? So unlike the Marines, because they don't let you do this, the Navy allows you to wear belt buckles in the service, in uniform, that are custom to your rate. Oh, yeah. That would it's never a, fly in the Marine Corps. Oh, fuck <laughs> yeah. So you just have to be careful what you do. We can push the envelope to some degree, 
but we can't push the envelope over. So like ATs, they're aviation electronic technicians, right? So we made a belt buckle for them and they're geeks. They play D&D and some stuff like that. I got friends with them. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of them, um, but a lot of them are, are kind of geeky. So we made a belt buckle that's a, a circuit board. It's got their AT emblem on the on the top of it. It says aviation, you know, electronics technician, because it, it has to. And then on the bottom of it, it says, I'm only here because you broke something. <laughs> uh, right? So it's PC enough for you to wear. It's funny enough that you want to wear it. So it sells really well. We wanted to write, take it out and blow on it. <laughs> Which means... <laughs> amazing right but all i need is somebody to be like yo i can't wear this i i got a sexual harassment assault on me or a case against me from semio because i wore this in uniform and they read it and you know it, it's on my belt i'm like look it's for a nintendo cartridge you right. know it's for a nintendo cartridge <laughs> now nah, this doesn't work <laughs> You know, or like our machinist repair belt buckle, it says machinist repair across the top. It's got all this cool gear shit. And across the bottom, it says size really does matter. (laughs) So they work with tools. It's it's perfect. And it's just on the edge. Right, right. Being acceptable to non-acceptable. So and because of that, you know, we sell a fuck ton of them every day. So it allows us to focus more on doing really, really cool custom stuff instead of cookie cutter custom stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we're definitely going to work together on on coming up something for the podcast. So I don't know what the hell that is, but it's a challenge coin. And I damn sure want to do shirts because that's the number one thing people are hitting me up for right now. But so we're going to have to figure that out. But well, I, I got to tell the story. When you're telling your story about these slogans and stuff, when I was selling franchises or part of a, a franchise sales team, basically, we worked in the marketing function. And one of the copywriters really wanted to do this postcard that was going to go out to the civilian masses. Okay, and We were an $80 million company. And this was going to go out to 1,400 pharmacies and all the residents in those surrounding areas. You're talking to hundreds of thousands of people this postcard was going to go to. To capture people's attention, he wanted to put a picture of a guy looking right at you with the caption that says, turn your head and cough. That card still got passed around, and they were trying. Of course, it never went out. But and it was just one of those things. You're like, okay, everybody knows what you're trying to do, but yeah, that's not. Uh, Yeah. So, so, dude, that's awesome, man. So, one is. Is this the the end game type thing for you? Is this what you're doing for the rest of your ride is making this this stuff? Or is there another adventure you're aiming towards? Question one, then I got to follow up. I don't know. To be completely honest, I mean, we've only been doing it two years. Last year was our first full year, right? We grossed over half a million dollars. This year we're on track to do a little bit better than our first year. Next year, we are going to absolutely kill it. So I think next year we'll do 750 to 800,000 easy all day. Last year, I really didn't know, like you don't know what you don't know, right? And so for three quarters of the year, I was active duty. 
And I was only using, you know, a few hours a day to try to figure out what the fuck I was doing and trying to balance, you know, pitch and rudder, being a senior chief and a husband and dad and all the other crap. And then trying to figure out when I had time to, you know, do anything for myself. It just wasn't enough, you know. So now, I mean, this is all I do. Right. So, well, I got to ask, and Ashley, I'm sorry for this. So is pitch and rudder now your second wife? I can't say that because she sits right next to me. So I can't be like, look, I'm just going to spend time with, with Becky. You know, we're going to do that. Because Ashley's always like a hand, a hand away. The, the crazy part about being retired and never having to leave the house to, to go to another job is you – Did you put on an extra 50, 60 pounds? Which I was already fat. So you can't oh, okay. Me. All right. Is you just like – you end up finding out if you really actually like your wife. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, fuck, dude. I mean, we've been married 15 years, but do you even like me? <laughs> the the crap that goes through your head when you're sitting here staring at the same person every day. That and you should go to the store. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, man, how do people find you guys? If they want to make coins, get some of these crazy-ass buckles, you know, all this stuff, how do people get in touch with you? I mean, so we're really easy to get in touch with. You just look us up on Google, Pitch and Rudder. We have an Instagram account, Pinterest. I mean, pretty much anything that you type into for social media outside of Tumblr, and there's way too much porn on Tumblr for us to put a Pitch and Rudder account on there. You, you can find us. Nice, nice, nice. Terry, I got to say, man, it's been a lot of fun having you on here. Chuck made me laugh more, just so you know, but it's it's, it's been a lot of fun, brother. I really appreciate you letting me be a part of the journey. Here's how I like to wrap up every show, and I stump a lot of people with this one, so so get ready. But if you were going to leave the champions who listen to this show with a quote, a phrase, a saying, or a mantra, something they can take with them on their journey, especially if they're, they're stacked up against it and trying to go through it, what would be that quote or phrase you would say, remember this? I have to say remember this first? No. Just, uh, okay. just give me a phrase. <laughs> Oh, dude, Chuck nailed this. So, so like, I want to fucking slap the shit out of Chuck right now. <laughs> and he could have been like, yo, fucking Donnie's going to ask you this shit. He's going to ask you this bullshit. And what you should have done, you should say this. I don't know. Like, for me, like, the way I live, like, like my personal code is pretty simple. It doesn't matter what anyone else fucking thinks. And don't compete with anybody in the room but you. I love it. And just for you, we'll cut out the pause. <laughs> hey, man, that works. Can you cut out the fact where you kick me off the show first, too? <laughs> no, dude, that, that's going to be part of the show. <laughs> dude, thanks a lot for coming on and do this. I really, really appreciate it. Hey, no worries, man. Thanks for listening to Donnie Success Champions podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our current guest today, or if you'd like to hear stories from our other guests on the show, come hang out with us on our website at successchampspodcast.com. I really appreciate you tuning in. If you need to reach out to me for any reason, you can catch me at Donnie at DonnieBovine.com.
Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, the emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.